Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. Uh, you know, next week, we're going to be in the uh, Berkshires. I'm going to do uh, a show right on the location, the Tom uh, Tom Warner's farm. And uh, there's going to be some new witnesses. So that's going to be live next week on location. It's going to start an hour early. So it's going to be a three-hour show. You can't miss that. It's going to be a great one. Some new witnesses are uh, going to be speaking for the very first time. And so it should be uh, an excellent show next week. So after that, I think, you know, I was just, I have a boat uh, moored um, out on the ocean, right, right in the harbor, not too far away. And I was on that with uh, my phone the other day. It gets five gigs there and the hotspot um, goes really well. So I think I'm going to do, I know it sounds crazy, but I think I'm going to do uh, my show from my boat from uh, if the weather's good, if it's not the tiny ship can't be tossed. Um, so I'm going to see if uh, that's going to work out. Um, but it's been an issue and hopefully things will be smooth throughout the show. So my guests tonight, first, uh, I was thinking about the UAP report that came out and I've got a lot of email about that. A lot of people contacting me in different ways, Facebook and everywhere else about that and what I thought about it. And so I was thinking only this afternoon, who would be Better to talk about that than Kevin Randall. So he's coming on in just a few minutes. Uh, he's someone I always look to for a great uh, opinion in the, in the straight stuff on this uh, UFO topic. So I'm going to bring uh, Kevin in. Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks for your last minute um, appearance that you could actually do this. I really appreciate that. It's lucky that. Uh... I was on the computer. Sometimes I don't see my email for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried calling you first, but now I'm just so glad that you really um, can just do this last minute. And I do remember the last time I had you on the show, someone canceled and it was another last minute thing. And I said, Kevin, my guest canceled. Can you come on tonight? And uh, you did the whole show right then. So I appreciate that. And I, I mentioned uh, just a few weeks ago, I had, I can't remember. It was a guest from Canada that was on the show and your name came up. We were both talking about if someone wants to get the straight scoop about a UFO encounter, you can always count on your, your blog site. And so right off the bat for, there's so many new people interested in this topic right now. Can you just throw out your, your website so people can find it? And I'll put it in the show notes as well. It's a www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And interestingly, I've got two long postings that will kind of supplement what we're going to talk about for a few minutes here uh, about the UAP report and how that's all gone down. There's two. There's a very long um, report there, and then there's a shorter piece to kind of clarify some of the points. So let's talk about that. Um, so, um, you know, some some people are. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, you know stuff going around right now, social media and stuff like that. I try to stay away from most of that. But um, there's a lot of people that were really angry that it didn't say they're aliens. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's what it boils down to. But and uh, this people have to remember, this is you know, this is not the full report. This is just a preliminary one. Well, this is a nine page high school report. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot in it. Yeah, I look at it as uh, Nathan Twining 2.0. Nathan Twining was the commander of the Air Material Command back in 1947 when this whole thing exploded in the United States. He was sent a series of um, sighting reports to analyze. And, of course, he didn't do it. He had his intelligence officer do it. 
But he issued a letter in September of 1947 that said the phenomenon, being the flying saucers, is something real. It's not illusionary or visionary or fictitious. He's saying it's real and needs to be investigated. And from that point, they established Project Sign, which morphed into Project Grudge, which became Project Blue Book. So they began a 22-year investigation into these things. But it started with this letter from Twining uh, providing some information and analyses of what uh, this information he'd received was and suggested that uh, the same things that Twining did back 75 years ago. Uh, we've got this report, the uh, reports that we have or the incidents we have, they haven't been well investigated. There's a lot of data missing. Uh, we think it's something real. It may boil down to a variety of explanations, including plastic bags floating in the atmosphere, balloons, drones. Uh, many of the things that they said back in 1947 that could explain the UFOs. There was a suggestion that uh, although they had no real evidence of it, there might be a, an extraterrestrial component. Right? They kind of threw that bone out to the UFO community. But basically, I look at this as the same thing that we were doing back 75 years ago, before any of us were born. They were looking at this thing, and now we've got a new investigation based on limited information that they didn't gather it very well. They looked at no nothing historical. I cannot believe that the one thing they didn't do, anybody who's been to graduate school and has to do any kind of a dissertation or a, um, or a master's thesis knows one of the first things you do is a literature search to find out what's gone on before so you don't duplicate the effort. And they didn't bother with any of that. They have access to the entire Project Blue Book files, which are online. They have access to the Robertson panel report done in 1953, sponsored by the CIA. They had access to the Condon Committee report, which was the one that ended Project Blue Book in 1969. They didn't look at any of that. They didn't contact any of the um, uh, UFO organizations. They didn't contact any of the UFO researchers who might have been able to provide them with some uh, ways of investigating this it would have saved them a lot of time and effort instead they just went out well we talked to the pilots we didn't get a lot of good information we have 144 uh reports which may not be separate incident instance uh, in, uh incidents we know that um twining had 16 reports that he looked like i think it eventually became 18 but of that in that there were 35 reports meaning 35 witness statements were taken so we don't know anything about how many incidents were actually investigated by these guys, how many reports they took. I don't know why they couldn't do a good job. They said the Air Force uh, came on late and they were you know, kind of scatterbrained in the way they were operating. So, well, maybe they should have looked back into Project Blue Book and pulled up some of that stuff to give them some assistance in it. I just think it's a very haphazard report thrown together to meet a requirement that they produce a report within 180 days of the passage of one of the relief bills for COVID-19, which I also find incredibly ridiculous. We've, we've attached that as a writer to a bill providing stimulus for, for uh, the American people. And instead we're, we're worrying about UFOs in that respect. I think that the whole thing deserves more um, time, more effort, and we just didn't get it. Well, do you, do you think this is, that's going to be it? Or do you think we're going to, hear from one of the things I do want to point out that you, I didn't hear you mention, or maybe you, you did. Um, but they're saying that they want to use contemporary reports because of the data collection is more, uh, you know, modern. I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing, 
But, um, you know, it sounds to me like they don't want to go into the historical reports because the data is not as um, updated or, or solid according to what they're looking for. Anybody who has done any restore, research projects knows one of the first things you do is take a look at the history. Yeah. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. All you have to do is take a look at the history and see what's gone before you so you don't duplicate the effort. What they've done is exactly the same thing that Twining did 75 years ago. They could have saved themselves a lot of effort, just photocopy that, cut and paste it, and throw it out. <laughs> I mean, we'd have had the same, the same results. I'm looking for this to, to eventually evolve into Condon 2.0, which is, well, the scientific community looked at this, and they've decided that there's nothing to it, so we don't have to worry about it anymore, which is what Condon did uh, 50 years ago. The interesting thing is this report has sort of negated Condon by saying, well, there's something to be looked at. There's national security issues. Condon said there weren't. There's uh, things to be learned by studying this. Condon said there wasn't. Um, the Air Force has not been doing a very good job. Condon said they did a really great job. I mean, there's three conclusions that Condon reached. By the way, prior to even beginning the investigation, the conclusions were written out. And, and again, that's documented on my blog as well. Just type in Hippler letter. It's H-I-P-P-L-E-R. And you'll see a letter from an Air Force officer to the conduct committee, I think Dr. Robert Lowe, saying, here's what we'd like you to find. And then Lowe responds, yeah, we can do that. Haven't investigated a case, haven't done a thing, but here are your conclusions. And yeah, we can do that. And I think we're eventually going to run into that sort of thing, that we're going to end up with Condon 2.0. And it's an appeal to authority. Well, the authorities looked at this, and there's nothing to it. But a lot of us have spent a great deal of time, a great many years researching this carefully. There's all kinds of research. When you talk about the collection of data, how many landing trace cases do we need to look at? Uh, Ted Phillips has, what, 4,500. And maybe the collection of some of that stuff wasn't as good as it could be, but there's some in there that's going to be very, very good. Look at the photographic cases, the radar cases, the, the cases with multiple chains of evidence. They're just ignoring all of that because they have some bias against the history of the UFO phenomenon, and it wasn't collected properly. You're saying that the Air Force investigation for 22 years, they didn't do a very good job and they didn't collect the data well during that time. Is that what you're saying? And now you're going to do a better job? You haven't even looked at it. Yeah. Oh, you sound pretty frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it's, I, I, a lot of my friends, um, John Greenwald, I think, for example, said he was was greatly disappointed in the report. And, I, and I'm thinking, I wasn't disappointed. It's exactly what I expected. I didn't expect there'd be anything. You know what? I got to tell you, I expected less. <laughs> I expected <laughs> it was going to be even, you know, more deflated than. Um, so I was actually impressed with a couple of things. And one of them being uh, the things you just mentioned, you know, I mean, uh, the thing you just mentioned about, you know, that there really is something to it or that, you know, th those 140. For 143 of the 144, they're saying they don't have an explanation for. I don't know if they're going to do any more research into those particular cases, whatever they are or not. Well, the thing is, if you go back and look at the Twining letter, and I, on my blog, I've got a list of the, the cases that were sent to him and the evidence, I mean, the analysis of the cases. And you can take a look at those, and some of those probably can be explained in today's environment. But at that time, they were unable to explain them. I think of the Charles Witted sighting, which is not part of the Twining thing, but it took place in 1948, where these two airline pilots saw a cigar-shaped craft with square windows shooting by their airliner at 5,000 feet. In today's environment, I sincerely believe that what they saw was a bolide, a very bright meteor as it was breaking up through a cloud layer. And if you look at some of the... Um, 
videos on YouTube uh, of, of Meteor, it was one called Meteor Compilation. It was like three minutes and 19 seconds and somebody put together a whole bunch of videos of meteors breaking apart. And you can see how people who got a glimpse of this thing would think that you've got a lighted cabin and square windows on a cigar-shaped craft. And you can see that. So the ex we have an explanation for that case, which was very mysterious back in 1948. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to see that kind of thing here. Well, this was very mysterious, but we found a glitch in our our technology here that kind of uh, put put this uh, image in front of the guys, or it didn't resolve it quite well. There was another, um, and I, I discussed it on the blog as well, uh, when they released one of the videos and, and somebody had put on YouTube, he connected night vision goggles to his cell phone camera. And you get the same kind of image that the that the Navy released of this pyramid-shaped or triangular-shaped yeah. object. Yeah. And so yeah. you're looking at a technological glitch that created this sort of thing. Yeah, right, right. Um, do you think, though, um, do you think that it's just another case, if you would have to if you would have to guess on this, do you think it's just another case of they're, they're not going to be able to explain what it is yet. So let's put them in limbo again. You know, I mean that, that type of thing. I, I think what they're going to do is try to try to kill off interest in it as they did in 1969 with the Condon committee. Hmm. Uh, uh, one of the, one of the points, one of the points there was, you know, tell people what's going on and remove the mystery from the phenomenon. And we have this, uh, these authorities saying, well, there's nothing to this. We investigated this. We couldn't find that. Condon couldn't explain 30% of the sightings, but the scientific community just ignores that. They say, well, we had a scientific investigation and they didn't find anything. Take a look at it carefully, people. There's a lot of interesting information in there. Same way with the Project Blue Book files. There's a lot of information in there. If you take the time to go through it, that might help you understand the phenomenon I, I'm sure they're right when they say, well, there's various solutions. We're not going to have a single solution for all the sightings. We're going to have a variety of solutions. And I believe that. That's yeah. what we saw with with, uh, with Blue Book. You know, sometimes it was meteors. Sometimes it was meteorological. Sometimes it was cloud strange cloud formations. Sometimes it was hoaxes. Sometimes it was aircraft seen under unusual circumstances. Yeah, we're going to have some of that sort of thing. But there's always going to be that residue of things that they're not going to be able to explain. Right. And, and they're going to just kind of ignore that and say, well, you know, if we had better information, we could have explained that. Well, why don't you have that better information? You're investigating it. You have the wherewithal of the United States government behind you. Certainly you can get the people to cooperate with their UFO sightings. Right. So just one more question. What do you think would be a tipping point? I mean, you would think that the Pentagon investigating UFOs would be kind of a tipping point where well, let's really look into this seriously. And, it, and they are at least doing, um, you know, a show of, of trying to do that, window dressing maybe, but still. Well, I looked at this thing when I did uh, UFOs in the Deep State, which just was published uh, not that long ago. Uh, why presidents hadn't, who had wanted to get UFO information out to the public, why they couldn't do it. Jimmy Carter, for example. Yeah. And what I learned there was there are ways of dodging presidential edicts. You know, the president says, I want to know everything you know about UFOs. And the answer is... We'll gather that information for you and get back to you with a with a report on that. And somehow it never gets done. And now we have this document, this nine pages. They they lived up to the obligation of creating a report in 180 days. And the best they could do was nine pages. There was just absolutely nothing there but their conclusion, sort of an executive summary. Let's see the data that you looked at and that sort of thing. I think it's going to be that kind of a dodge. And we're going to end up with this appeal to authority saying, well, we looked at it. We couldn't find anything. So there you go. Yeah. 
Well, I didn't see any typos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the secretarial talent at the, the level they would be operating at would be among the best. Yeah. And besides that, we have word check, which, by the way, has been screwing me up lately. <laughs> Misspelling, yeah. the, taking the wrong words and plugging them into uh, my, my documents there. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, Kevin, thanks. As always, it's always a pleasure talking to you and hope to have you on for a full show uh, coming up uh, another few months. I'll reach out to you. But thanks so much for everything. Hey, and thanks for all you do, really. Oh, and thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. And tell everybody to go out and buy UFOs in the deep state so I can get to number one. Hey, all right. <laughs> I'll put, I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes as well. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. So don't forget to tune in next week at 5 o'clock. I'm going to be on location in the Berkshires. It's going to be a heck of a show. And thanks so much for uh, watching and listening tonight. Sorry for the technical glitch. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky.